0: Ah, here we go again, another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk Ah, about fiscal compliance in the new year. Hey, what's up folks? Welcome back to DIY Narrator. This is the podcast for instructional designers who narrate their own e-learning and are looking to do a better job of it. I am Josh Risser. I am a professional voiceover talent. And this episode we will be continuing from what I was talking about in the last episode, which was the stuff that I presented at Learning Solutions in the end of March. Yeah, it's been a while. Sorry about that. Anyway, In that episode, we talked a little bit about some conversational pitfalls and some bad advice or maybe just incomplete advice that you've been given over the years that doesn't really help you unless you know what to do with it. In this episode, we're going to talk about my second half of my presentation at Learning Solutions. The presentation was titled, You're Human, Stop Narrating Like a Robot. And the second half is titled, Nebulous Woo Woo Stuff, or Method Acting for the Instructional Designer. Let's jump right into it. My first question for you is, as an e-learning developer or instructional designer, what's on your mind when you sit down to narrate your e-learning? Is it something like, I only have 20 minutes until my next meeting, maybe I can knock out a little narration? Or, I hope I don't stumble over my words, I hate having to re-record all the time and edit. Or is it something like, I only had one glass of beverage of choice, I shouldn't slur my words too much. The thing is, your frame of mind going into narration is very important. If you're just trying to get through it or finish or get as much done before your next meeting, if you hate editing, if you hate stumbling over your words, you're going to edit because you're going to stumble over your words. If you only had one beer, maybe you should have another one. I don't know. Maybe it'll make you a better narrator. Not professional advice. The thing is, all that's going to do is disconnect you from the script and disconnect you from the learner and disconnect you from the content. So to get ourselves connected to the learner, we have to think about basic elements of acting, which is why I call this method acting for the instructional designer. We need to place ourselves mentally into the situation of a veteran employee and maybe a new employee or another similar situation that makes sense for the information you're trying to get across to our learner. Picture the entire scene, and there's three elements in this L&D narration acting template. I just made up that perfect name that I want you to think about. Element 1 is the scene, where are you? Element 2 is who's your character, why are you the one who they came to to talk to about this problem, or why are you the one delivering this knowledge? And number 3 is who's the learner, who are they? First of all, let's talk about the scene, where are you? This is a little weird, especially if you've never done it before, but there's two basic scenes that you can go back to over and over again. That will help you figure it out, and then eventually, maybe you can adapt it to something that makes more sense for you. The two basic scenes I like to think about are the water cooler chat and one on one training. These are two situations as an LED person who probably has spent some time in the corporate world. You've been in these situations. The water cooler chat is simply like you're getting a glass of water. Maybe you're getting some coffee. Someone comes around the corner, a little frustrated, or maybe they're just trying to figure out whatever the new process is or the new software or whatever. And they're like, oh, man, I just can't figure this out. I just get, keep getting stuck on this one part. And you, as the L&D professional, are like, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. You just take a second right there. The other scene is the one-on-one training scene. Maybe someone missed a group training that you were part of, and you sit down next to him and you go through whatever it is you were training, because there's no need to schedule anything, he's the only guy that missed it, Yeah, he was on vacation or whatever, so you sit down next to him and you go through the training. Whatever you pick, make it realistic, make it something that would actually happen, and also keep it small. Try to avoid thinking of training in large group settings until you feel more comfortable keeping your mind connected to the single learner. For some reason, I find it easier to keep one person in mind than I do picturing myself in front of a whole group of people and trying to engage with them. So that's component one of your method acting template. The next component, component two, is why are you the one that they're talking to? This can go two ways. First of all, either you're the L&D professional, maybe you're the trainer on the job, or maybe you're the veteran employee, maybe you're the senior employee in the area. You're the person with all the knowledge. Everyone goes to you. Either way, what it needs to do is put your brain in the situation of, I'm the person who someone comes to if they need help. And then that builds a little bit of confidence and it helps you deliver the script with a little more confidence, which is important because you need to sound like you know what you're talking about. Otherwise, no one's going to be fooled and you're just going to sound like someone reading a script. So that pretty much sums up component two. There's not a lot to talk to about that because it's not hard probably for you to think, oh, I know this stuff because you should know this stuff for the most part. Finally, the learner. Who are they? I want you to picture someone you actually know in mind. It can be a coworker, a friend, a spouse, relative, partner, whatever. Just pick someone you know and hopefully someone you like and make sure they fit the scenario. You wouldn't pick your grandma to have a conversation about cybersecurity in front of a water cooler at work. She just doesn't fit in that scenario. Pick someone who might actually be there or do your best and try to give them a little bit of backstory. Why do they fit in this scenario? What's going on that put them in this scenario? Did they just start the job? Are they feeling ambitious and trying to learn a new skill? Uh, Do they want to just do better at what they've been doing for a while and they just know there's some gaps that they need to fill? Maybe they're the person that, you know, just missed a training because they were on vacation. So those are your three components. The scene, who are you, and who's your learner? Now, I want to take you through some example scenes in a bit of a play I call The Bathroom. I hope that the scene change will show you how it changes the way you might deliver some information to your learner. So, in every scene, there's going to be three versions here. Every scene, the character is going to be me, a veteran employee. Been in the building for a few years. I know my way around. The learner is a co-worker that I know, but they're from an office in another city. This is their first day coming here. Maybe we're doing some on-site training here. So those are the first two components, the character and the other learner. The scene is going to change from play to play here. Scene one, we're in a hallway. We're walking past each other. The learner comes up to me and goes, hey, Josh, uh, where's the bathroom in this place? Remember, we're in a hallway walking past each other. I just go, hey. It's just, uh, you know, keep going the way you're going. It's just down around the corner. and It'll be on your left. End scene. I, I always wanted to say that, I think. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Anyway, scene two. I'm still the veteran employee. They're still the coworker from an office in another city. First day in the building. We're, uh, we're both on the elevator. They're leaving the elevator and I'm staying on. So they get off the elevator. They turn around and say, hey, Josh, uh, where's the bathroom? And I go, oh, take a left. And it's down at the end of the hall on your left. Did you notice how I changed my delivery just a little bit? I had to be a little bit faster because they're leaving me. That changes the interaction. They're walking away from me. Oh, and they turn around. Oh, I forgot. Where's the bathroom? I know the elevator doors are going to close in a second. I want to make sure I deliver it faster. Scene three, I'm still the veteran employee. They're still a coworker from an office in another city. Still the first day. They ask, just as I know the elevator door is closing, I can see it peeking out. It's starting to close. Hey, Josh, where's the bathroom? Oh, down the hall to the left. Now, what you didn't see was that when I created that bit of urgency and I thought, oh, the doors are closing, that person needs to go to the bathroom and I need to tell them, otherwise we're going to have an issue. Not only did I say down the hall to the left, I pointed to the left. So it just, it kind of comes out and the gesture happens. Now, this scene is a simple one, but the important thing to remember is that as you change these different components, it might not create... A situation where you're delivering something urgently in an e-learning, but it does change the way that you might deliver something when you change out the learner or you change out the scene or maybe you put yourself as a character in a different situation. Maybe you want to be a peer instead of a boss. Maybe you want to be an external consultant instead of an internal champion of an issue that's going to change the way that you deliver a message. It's going to be a little more professional if you're trying to sell someone that you don't necessarily know on an idea as opposed to you know selling a coworker on an idea. Think about the way that these things can change and think about what is the tone overall that I want to get across and how do I change these three components, the character, the learner, and the scene to impact and deliver it in the most engaging way that makes the most sense for what it is I'm trying to explain to them. So that pretty much sums up what I wanted to talk about this week in method acting for the instructional designer. If you're interested in checking out the full learning solutions presentation, at least the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I just remembered that I forgot to record it. I had the mic set up and everything and never hit record on my phone. But if you're interested in checking out the materials from the presentation, the slide deck, essentially head over to diynarrator.com slash ls2019. If you want to hear last episode, it's diynarrator.com slash 023. It was episode 23. I'll also put a link in the show notes, so check it out over at diynarrator slash 024. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for taking the time, listening, downloading, and letting me in your head for a few minutes. Hopefully this has been helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out, host at diynarrator.com. And remember to subscribe if you haven't. It's available pretty much everywhere podcasts are sold. iTunes, I guess they want to call it Apple Podcasts these days. iTunes is gone? What? What happened? Uh, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcatching apps. I personally am a big fan of... Oh, now of course I forget it. Hold on, let me get my phone out. We'll do it right here. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Pocket Casts. I paid for the thing, and I still don't remember the name of it, but I really like the app. Anyway. I think it's time to wrap it up. Anytime it starts getting weird, time to close the book. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening.